Hey, this is To All The YA I've Loved Before. I'm your host, Casey Racer. On this podcast, I talk about all of the young adult fiction books and teen movies and TV shows that I loved back when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. This is season three, Nancy Drew and the Teen Girl Detective. And I'm going a little bit different with this episode because it's not necessarily about mysteries or kid detectives, but it is about a kid who uses his skills and smarts to catch some bad guys and kick ass and it's home alone 2 which i recorded with my cousin and my sister it's our childhood favorite we quote it all the time to each other it was so much fun to record with them and yeah i just want to say happy holidays to everyone and i hope that you have a good time with whatever you celebrate or if you celebrate nothing at all Personally, I celebrated a little too hard last night with uh, Christmas cheer, aka going out to bars in Boys Town and then staying up way too late listening to Taylor Swift and drinking wine. So I might sound a little rough right now. Follow me on Instagram at toalltheya and rate and review. All right, enjoy the episode. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kathy. These are my sister and my cousin respectively and I have invited them on to talk about Home Alone 2 Lost in New York the 1992 classic because um it fits I think it's still my favorite Christmas movie maybe ever it's like one that I have to watch I think every year yes definitely it's worth a watch even not at Christmas time it's so good it's good it holds up really well and there's a whole franchise and none of them compare and i would say even the first one the first one's great but it doesn't even compare to the second agree yeah of course we had Catherine o'hara in the first and joe pesci but we also have tim curry in the second one and i love him so much in this movie and then of course macaulay culkin is the best child actor to ever act i feel like the like supporting cast in the second one was just better like in the first one he he's like alone like yeah. a lot at home and you just have like the one neighbor but like in this one with the hotel staff it makes the whole movie better they're so ridiculous yeah uh, this is tim curry for me like this is tim curry and i have to like remind myself oh he's in other things and like this is probably not his defining role but for me this is his greatest role same actually <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so let's get into our kind of our histories with it, because like I said, like this movie just kind of defines us as cousins and just our childhoods. I can't think of any other Christmas movie like Home Alone and Home Alone 2 that we watched every single year. That is our Christmas. Other people talk about watching a lot of other Christmas movies, and I think as as adults, we've watched more. But like when I think of being kids, this was it. Yeah, I definitely remember like even at like Thanksgiving, like having Thanksgiving at grandma and grandpa's house and like being in the living room and like watching Home Alone (laughs) after dinner or like while we were waiting for dinner to happen at eight (laughs) o'clock. But if you like everyone else is like, oh, I watched the Christmas story or the Grinch. And I can't remember the last time I watched either one of those. No, No. or like it's a wonderful life. I'm like, why would I want to watch that? I want to laugh. Right. Maybe that's why I just really want to laugh. Yeah, and and it has so much good physical comedy, and we're a family of people that like laughing at people getting hurt. That's a really good point. That is a really good point, Casey, because all of our favorite movies, Tommy Boy, all have physical comedy, and that's where we live our life, pat of humor. I still was watching those scenes where he's like, you know, putting them through the booby traps and like still laughing hysterically. Yes. Just still find it hilarious. Uh, Same. Absolutely. The the skeleton, you know, when he gets electrocuted and he goes into the skeleton, we had to pause it because we were laughing so hard. We were like, this is cinematic genius. Like whoever was like, oh no, we got to take it a step further. And they did. Brilliant. Everything. The whole time we were watching that, I was like, and then he's going to turn into a skeleton. And then he's going to turn into a skeleton. (laughs) I'm 35 years old and this is still the best part of the movie is when the guy turns into a skeleton, which is real, but it's great. We will definitely get into all of our favorite parts because I have a lot of them, especially in the the booby trapping scenes. That basement, yes. Uh, weirdly this movie was long like longer than I remember it being same like because that didn't even happen until the last like half an hour of the movie 
So it took me two nights. I watched the first one in one night. I knocked it out. And the second one, I told you, due to having a almost five months old, I do not last very long at night staying awake. And it took me two nights to watch two. But the best part was when I turned it on the second day, I was like, oh, here we go. This is all the good stuff. This is coming together. (laughs) It took me two nights too. And John watched with me the second night. And he was even like, this movie is that long? And I was like, apparently it is. I don't remember that. Which is really weird for like that time. Like like movies now, Hmm. all of them are almost two hours. But I feel like when we were younger, it was like movies were like an hour and a half. Hour and, yes. movies and that's were- how long I think movies should be. I agree. Like I cannot yeah. sit down and watch a two hour movie. I can sit down and watch uh, six hours of a show. <laughs> but the movie. It makes no really sense. It makes no sense. Um, all right. I'm just going to do a quick movie summary. I'm sure that most people that are listening to this have watched the movie because why are you friends with me if you haven't watched this movie? Who hasn't? How are you human? All right. Last year, Kevin McAllister was accidentally left alone while his entire family vacationed in Paris. While they were gone, he battled the Wet Bandits, a duo of criminals committing burglaries around the wealthy Chicago suburb Oak Park. This year, his very big, very annoying family is traveling to Florida, and he's determined not to be left behind. A series of mishaps at the airport caused him to get on the wrong flight, this one to New York. And somehow things got scrambled in my tiny baby brain, and they made me confuse Florida and New York for years. (laughs) And Kevin uses his quick wit and keen intellect to check into the Plaza Hotel. While in New York City, and trying to avoid the nosy plaza manager played by Tim Curry and as we said his best role he runs into his nemesis Marv and Harry now the sticky bandits <laughs> after their escape from prison after learning of the sticky bandits plan to rob a toy store run by a sweet charitable older man Kevin is once again determined to foil their plans how you and Harry ask when Kevin doesn't have a home full of tools to booby trap as he did last year he'll use his <laughs> relatives home currently in renovation to bring them down best movie ever I feel like I just have to start in case I warned you that I was gonna rant a little bit about how ridiculous like the whole setup of this is like we were watching the airport part and I was like I just cannot believe that they would let a kid on a plane without a boarding pass like especially now I mean maybe then I don't know I didn't fly but like definitely now like that's not holding up you're not just walking on a plane you have to, like, I'm, I try to be like, okay, pre 9-11, how much, yeah. of, and when I'm watching older movies, how much is pre 9-11? However, I flew as a minor by myself and you got walked, like someone was like holding your hand. I was probably, I don't know, 9-11, something like that. And like, they walked you from point A to point B and like the handoff was so specific. There is no way they were letting a minor on a plane by like, oh, that's my dad over there. Right, or like, they didn't ask him like, where are you going? Cause you would, then he would have known like, you're not on the right plane. Like he just like walks up to some gate and is like, oh, I just need to get on this plane. And then at the, later in the movie, when they catch him, they pull out his plane, like his boarding pass that shows that he was on a round trip like to sh- and but he had lost his boarding pass when it wait wait a minute and th- I never caught that until now but I was like hey they said you know he lost it and now he has it so I mean obviously if he didn't get on the plane the whole movie can't happen but like my adult brain is like this is this part is ridiculous yes. yeah there were there were no questioning attitudes uh to 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 quote trendy like business culture they should have had more questioning attitudes about why this kid and where they were going and or like letting him just get you know get a room at the plaza like you can't just take your dad's credit card and get a hotel room that's not how and all okay so all of the adults are sitting in first class slash business class I can't really tell yeah and they just had all the kids sitting back by themselves yeah. I'm like okay so guys instead of paying for this whole family this ungrateful ass family because that uncle is such an asshole oh, yes. to go to go to Florida why don't you upgrade your kids to have them sit in business class with you and have them all go back there yeah that would make <laughs> sense or like I guess the other thing that they don't find out Kevin is missing until they're at baggage claim. Like you didn't wait outside the plane to make sure all of your children were there. Maybe when you have 10 kids, you just forget how many there are, but it was like seven each, right? Like it's a thing. Yeah. Seven, Mm -hmm. seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're uh, such bad parents. Correct. Like you just, no one waited outside. And I feel like, I mean, this is from the first one, but like in the first one where the cops go to their house and there's like, oh, this no one's so home. Weird. Tell them to count their kids again. I'm like, that would not happen. Like, <laughs> oh my God. This scene with, where they're at the police station and they're like telling the cop, oh, this did happen before. That police <laughs> officer's face, he's like, I'm gonna call CPS now because you've done this two years in a row. And you're laughing about it. They're like cracking up about it. Right. And they're like, at least we haven't lost our luggage. Knock on wood. Like, oh God. (laughs) I did like keel over dying laughing during that scene. That laughter was so funny. I'm like, oh, this is that would make me uncomfortable if I was like (laughs) sitting there, like, oh God. Yeah, he was the expression on his face was priceless the parenting in the first one was much worse than the parenting in the second one it was not um it was still painful and bad however i think they didn't include the parents as much a lot of the movie for the second movie included the like hotel staff the first movie i was like these are the worst parents on earth like how what where's the nanny come on they have a nanny where's They're the nanny in so this? rich okay and i mean just to point out that like they're such assholes to Kevin like they have oh. this concert at like church or whatever <laughs> and he has a solo and his older brother who looks like he's 25 in this one, <laughs> is picking on this kid who looks like he's six and everyone's laughing I feel like get this adult man off the stage so can I also just say like I don't know that it's like I don't feel like a whole crowd would laugh like that. No. Like, I just don't, they would like, feel like, bad for the kid. I right. Know. Now, like the entire cra- like congregation is laughing. Like, I just don't feel like that <laughs> happened. But yeah, so he like embarrasses him and then Kevin like pushes him, which I would have done the same thing because he's Buzz is an asshole. And then they blame everything on Kevin. Like yeah. Buzz didn't do anything wrong. And and his mom's he apologized. Pretty, yeah. And his mom's pretty much like, uh, you better hope that we don't leave you alone this year. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh my gosh, when she said joke. that, when she said that, I was like, what is wrong with you? She's I said a- it out loud. I was like, you're mean. She that kid is, is traumatized. I mean, like, that's trauma. You got oh. left home alone. And then your mom's like, oh, better, you better watch yourself or we might do it again. <laughs> so I actually have the, <laughs> the paperback version of the first Wait, I've been book. reading it. Yeah, for both of them, there's like movie tie-ins. There's like a line from the mom after like Kevin was downstairs with the pizza and whatever. It has like a scene from her point of view. And she goes, what did I do to deserve this monster in my family? I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what is this? Wow. So <laughs> I think like the... I think I'm like, oh, the world was a harsher place in the 90s. It was a different place in the 90s. And then I'm like, was it that different? I no. don't think so. <laughs> what I don't understand is like how in the first one, the first one when they're eating pizza, like Buzz like pretends to like cough it up on his plate and Kevin's the monster. Like that's disgusting. What is wrong with you? Um, And also, yeah, with the staff at the hotel, like Tim Curry it thinks that this <laughs> 10 year old is like a thief to the point where he's like so happy to find the credit card is stolen because they report it because they report it stolen so yeah. that they can track it because it's right. dad's credit card. Yeah. And he, instead of being like, why does this 10 year old kid have this credit card? Why is he alone? Like, this is a big deal. He he's like, help. you thief. Like, and- <laughs> right. Chase it off instead of trying to help him. You don't he's think he's like, Hey, you know, what's going on here? Or like, and that the parents do when they come to the hotel, they're yeah, like, yeah. yell at them about that, about how they handled it. The slap to the face is one of the best scenes. That's so great. good. I love Bundle. Catherine O'Hara so much. She's, she's amazing. That was good. That was, that was great when she slapped him. Sure to bundle up. <laughs> um, with that, should we get into our favorite moments of the movie? This is a really small moment, but I absolutely loved it. And I don't think I've ever noticed it before. When Kevin gets into New York and he goes up to the ticketing agent. Excuse me, but this is an emergency. Yes, sir. What city is that over there? That's New York, sir. Yikes, I did it again. Something wrong, sir? I'll be fine. 
it's weird like you know seeing it when you watch it over and over again it's like every time you watch it you kind of like pick something else up so yeah. it's like things or like things get funnier um I think my favorite part is still when he's playing you know he plays that movie soundtrack to like yes. trick the, the hotel staff Merry Christmas you filthy animal and a happy new year and what's funny is I have this shirt from my favorite podcast host. It says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And so I feel like that's like the thing from that movie that like is like iconic. It's like everybody says it now. Absolutely. And in that, <laughs> the because the movie's like, you've been smooching with everyone. Oh. And Tim Curry's like, no, I haven't. Oh, and then they name one of the guys that's also on the staff and they all look at him. He's like, no. <laughs> Little Mo with the gippy leg. Smooch it with everyone. And that movie is not real, right? Like no, the movie not. that they play. Okay. I, I think we looked it up a couple of years yeah. ago because yeah. we wondered that. So mine to this day, and I think Kristen and I used to act this out, is when he's got his ear pressed up and he's like, what's that sound? And you hear, and they get flown back and crashed. That's the sound of a tool chest falling down, down the, the stairs. stairs. I still did and it. Then, I used to like, <laughs> yes. And then they go and straighten their noses. And Chris, I remember Chris and I used to pretend to straighten our noses and we would do that all the time. I rewatched, I was like, no, Rustin, this is my favorite scene. And I, I was like, I have to watch it again. Man's the sound of a dual chest. <laughs> there are so many great moments from the house scene, the renovation scene. Kevin's uncle, I guess, just so happens to have an, a like a townhouse in New York, and they're renovating, and they're off in Paris or something. So is he the or, same uncle from the first one? I think yeah, so. They, they were, were going to Paris. visit there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's where he kind of, that's where we get back to the home alone of it all, because that's when he can set up all these booby traps, because otherwise he's just been running around New York City. That's where the movie really. I feel like growing up, I was like, how is this kid? How is this little kid? Like, how does he know all this stuff to set this up, to throw this down the stairs? Like, how is he really booby trapping this? Because I think that the three of us are pretty smart. But there is no way we were anywhere near. Like, I feel like we tried to set up mini traps and like they never worked. Right? I feel like I couldn't do it now. However, watching this movie now, I'm like, oh, my son is Kevin. He may <laughs> never watch this movie until he's maybe 18 because 100% he could set all this stuff up. He lo- but he's really yeah. into tools. And I think that that's the way his yeah. mind yeah. works. Yeah. Right. This is this is how his brain functions. That like he would be like, oh look, here are these bricks. If I throw them down, oh yep, got him. And let me swing these down. And I need three. I need three because I'm gonna get him one, two, and then I'm really gonna get him with the third one. Like this is totally how his brain works. Soak it in kerosene and light it on fire. Of course, he's not even three. Our brains do not work like that. Correct. It's like you have to have like a maybe like a creative mind I was gonna say engineering, engineering mind. Yeah, yeah definitely a slightly sadistic engineering mind yes. which is exactly where he falls and, and hurt people <laughs> <laughs> who can forget the best line Harry. 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 Oh. <laughs> what I don't understand is like I don't even know how he was functioning after he got hit in the head with a brick <laughs> four times. I'm like, I'm pretty sure his head had brick in Brick marks. Like, <laughs> he's not getting up from that. You're not, like, getting up and walking up. Like, and then he walks in the house, and I'm pretty sure he fell down two times. <laughs> like, you fell down two floors. I don't even Harry, know how you're standing. I've reached the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good line. <laughs> Uh, this like just the lines in this movie are so funny yeah I just I'm like I would not have gotten off off that sidewalk no like I'm done I'm no you can go around the back if you want but I am done and Harry gets hit with like 10 wrenches in the head. <laughs> not even said that might be worse than getting hit with four bricks I'm not sure <laughs> all of it all of it 
at the end i'm like well and then when he got electrocuted and turned to a skeleton i'm like he'd be dead he's not surviving that when he pulls, he jumps in, he pulls the bag of concrete, like the 20 pound, or hundred, yeah. no, it was a hundred. It was a hundred pound. hundred pound bag of concrete directly on the head. And we're like, he's dead. <laughs> like, right. he's dead. Especially after taking four bricks to the face. <laughs> Just yes. and, and being electrocuted. But it's so funny. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so great. But like, I'm just like, this, he would not be standing up. And if you were, why would you keep going? Like, at what point do you say like, enough is enough? Yeah, like I, just I, leave this kid alone. I do think, from a uh, like sociological aspect, they really did a great job of painting criminals as idiots. Like <laughs> they're like criminals are dumb, especially um, Marv. Right? That's Marv is the one who. Yeah, he's the <laughs> tall one. He always is talking. Like even in the first one, he's like, "Oh, we're the wet bandits," and then because they did that, like they catch him doing a bunch of crimes. It's like and. Harry's always like, shut up, Marv. Shut up, Marv. <laughs> the sticky bandits, because he just puts a bunch of tape around his hand. So he just dips it into like the Salvation He's Army bucket. <laughs> but then he tells, like, he tells Kevin what their plan is. Otherwise, Kevin would have never known what they were doing. He's like, shut up, Marv. I just had this realization they're pinky in the brain. Yeah. Like, it's that, always that's... the thin, tall one that's the dumb one. Yeah. <laughs> That it, yep, uh, that is exactly it. So obviously, this movie, this franchise has had a very lasting impact on us. <laughs> We're still laughing about it. I don't know. Because the first one came out in 1990. So that's the year I was born. So 32 years ago. But it also had such a lasting impact on pop culture. I mean, there is a franchise with six films. We don't talk about the last four, there are, obviously. There are. There are. There was a more. new one last year. I watched it. It was different. It's like, level. I think- I don't even remember it. So obviously it wasn't very memorable, but it was different. Like it was like he booby trapped a neighbor's house or something. Like he didn't actually get left alone. But the one thing that like linked it to this is that Buzz was the police officer. Like oh, supposed to be because he says something like when we, when I was younger, we left my little brother at home. So it's like, mm. he's supposed uh, to be part of the movie. Literally in my notes, I said that he looked like a 25 year old policeman. So that fits. Yeah, now he's <laughs> just like a 45 year old policeman. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that the reason that those have done as well is because they didn't have the charm or the magic that the first two had. I think that a lot of it has to do with the writer and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like I've watched, I know I saw the third one and it's oh, like, I thought it was okay. And I probably watched Yeah, the four. third one was okay. And I think four was bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Um, but I, I think when they like lost it is it's like not the same people, right? Like mm-hmm. Home Alone one and two are like the exact same family. And so I just feel like more connected to it. Then all of a sudden you change the people and it doesn't feel the same. There also a certain level of like, I think gritty is probably the right word for it. Yeah, They're kind of gritty, right? Like even Absolutely. the words they use, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, like, they they don't talk to each other. It's it seems very realistic in the yeah. surrealism of like this actually happening. Like they use real words. The physical comedy is excellent in a way that we don't really let kids' movies probably appropriately so <laughs> yeah. be today. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Definitely. So even my Home Alone 3. i I remember watching Home Alone 3 and being like, this isn't that funny. Because they, I don't think they let it be that gritty. Well, in the third one, for sure, he's the, he's left home alone during the day because he has chicken pox and his mom has to work. Not because his family like left (laughs) home while they're on vacation. So they're like, ooh, that's bad. Like, that's not good parenting. We shouldn't do that. But that's like the whole thing. So like, he's like home alone for a day while his mom's at work. So you can kind of see why Kevin has the abilities and the smarts to do all this stuff because he's been left to his own devices a lot. I mean, if his parents can leave him home alone, like when they go abroad, what else have they been doing to this kid? No, no, but where's the nanny? Listen, with that (laughs) financial, they have at least two nannies for those seven kids. No way, no way. No. They gave him the week off? Like, that's the only answer. They gave the nanny. Uh, Kevin drove three nannies away in the month before this. What's the backstory? Uh, that could be possible. <laughs> we too smart for like them. 14 people to go to Paris, and four of them were in first class. And you're telling me you don't have a nanny? Like, no, that's absolutely. at least two nannies for those seven kids. 
But I do think that a lot of the lasting impact that this movie has is because of the wish fulfillment to do with kids. Like, haven't you always been like, when you were a kid, like, I could I could have a house on my own. Like, what would that be like? Oh, that's what we yeah. like to like, Pippi Longstocking. Independence. Independence, yeah. exactly. Yeah. When you were younger, you always wanted to be left home alone, like maybe before you were ready to be mm-hmm. like, I can take yeah. care of myself while you go do something. So I wanted to be 40. I remember dreaming about how excited I was to be 40, like in first that's or second grade. So Are you living the dream? Uh, I'm not 40 yet, but I'm close. I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it. Like, is it all, is it all you dreamt it to be? I'm not there yet. So I'm I'm holding out a little hope. I have five years and then I think I'm, I think I'm going to be there, Kristen. I really think that I'm going to, it's going to be everything I wanted it to be. 40 is going to be amazing. Oh, I hope you're right. Um, I, I just remember being like, I'm going to have money. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have like stability. I I was, I was maybe a unique second grader, but like, that was what I wanted. I mean, not really. Cause like when we were little, I used to play house. Like that was a big thing. Like we used to, you know, we play mom and dad and we had kids and we went to work. Yeah why we played like that I don't know because I'm telling you I don't love going to work every day (laughs) it's it is really weird like the things that we show children to play like the everyday life like cooking and grocery shopping but you don't so what I realized is I don't think we're I think that kids mimic they practice Mm -hmm. real life so I've never once been like let's pretend to go to work but oh, pretends to go to work. He gets on his little uh, scoot, jam scoot, and he's like, "Bye, see you later. I'm going to work." And then he just drives around the living room like self pedaled. And I think that he's just like mimicking what he sees. Yeah, understand that, like, it, which is like the, yeah. the cooking, cleaning. We could probably do a better job of like, I don't know, showing kids that life isn't just about cooking, cleaning, and working. But but that's what they see. Yeah, I mean, that that actually is what life's about. It it is it interesting is. how much Adulthood they sucks. show uh, what it means to be a child and what childhood is in this movie in a way that most movies do not. And I think that's another reason it has such lasting power. You can see it even in the way that this movie is filmed because it's filmed at Kevin's level. He's always looking mm-hmm. up. Yeah, Kevin has fun. Kevin is enjoying, even in situations where I was uncomfortable, where I'm like, oh, this is dangerous or, oh, this is scary. Kevin is, you're right. It is filmed from his perspective. Like he's fearless. He is having fun in this. And he knows a lot more than anyone gives him credit for. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I like in the first one where he like faces his fear of the basement or like the furnace in the basement. (laughs) And how far he's come since he's just wandering around New York City by himself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Living his dream of seeing a big Christmas tree in the cold. I've been in New York in December and January. It is cold. It yeah. is very, yeah. very cold. Not my bag. I live in Chicago and I don't go out during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, did this now as an adult living in Chicago, uh, did this resonate with you in a different way, Casey? No, they live in the suburbs, okay? <laughs> I live in Chicago. <laughs> but I was you don't just live in a there. mansion row? No, I live in a studio apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at O'Hare, though, so that, that, that was the one thing we have in common. Me too, you me too. Home Alone moment and got on the wrong plane. <laughs> <laughs> I always worry. <laughs> home Alone lost in Newark. That's Casey. Ooh. Oh, stop. <laughs> I did. And I... I was not as mature as Kevin was when I had to stay overnight in a Newark airport at 18 years old. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Speaking of the lasting, uh, lasting impression, this movie, I definitely have like a Facebook post that's like Casey's home alone lost in Newark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk about the talk boy. Oh, the little thing that he's, I yes, had one. The toy. Oh. I, you okay, had I wanted, everything, did you Kristen. Have, Hold yeah, on. Kristen did. had everything. She absolutely did. Did you have the talk boy or the talk girl? Because they did make a talk girl that was- I had the talk boy. I I had the talk boy. OG. Yeah. It's really interesting. I like kind of looked up the history of the talk boy because a lot of people were like, oh, they made it because there were so many requests, but they obviously were manufacturing it 
as they were making the movie because they absolutely knew that people were going to want this. Oh, yeah. Did it work like that, Kristen? I don't remember this. I think so. Like you could record yourself and then you could like slow down or like you make your voice sound different. I can't remember, but I know I had one. I mean, to be fair, fair, it's a recorder and like they did have recorders like that. Like you could slow them down and speed it up and record it. Was it it easy? Like that he could just be like credit card. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I I don't remember. I mean, it's been a lot of years, (laughs) like the way he, the way it sounded, like, could you imagine being on the other end of that phone and like believing the father, (laughs) (laughs) the phone. Other. I'm like, I wouldn't buy that if I was on the other end of the phone, but that's probably exactly what the recording sounded like. I also thought it was really funny when he played, when he has that clown in the bath. <laughs> oh, so I don't good. know how he got that blown up that fast. He, like, passed how- out. <laughs> he got that blown up that fast and like tied around rope so that he could make it look like it was moving awfully fast. But also like, how could you not tell that it was not a human? He's like oblong. <laughs> I mean, I've never snuck into someone's hotel room to spy on them. Correct. So. That was smart of Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Now, where did he get that? I have oh, he got it at the beginning. That. He got it at the beginning. Okay. His grandma, yeah. his, when he was packing, his mom was like, hey, your grandma brought this for you to play with in the pool. In Florida, yeah. Ah. The Talk Boy was made by Tiger Electronics, which also made Furbies and Gigapets. I was going to say Tamagotchis, but Gigapets. Gigapets, okay. yeah. I also had one of those. We, we were a Tamagotchi family. I actually think yeah. I had one of each. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact, the original designer of the Talkboy was so proud of it that he had a custom Talkboy license plate. And his, yeah. twi- his Twitter handle is still Talkboy. Does he still have the license plate or can I get that? <laughs> well, you can get it at, done in Texas. State by state. He's in Illinois. Okay. Oh, good. I'm going to, that, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to go fill out an application for a new license plate. But that definitely reminded me of like all the other cool toys that we had or didn't get to have in the 90s. Uh, like, I mean, we were big Barbie girls. Me and Kayla were for sure. Me too. And uh life-size barbie <laughs> it was very apt that i always wanted the barbie dream house but instead i got the barbie camper because we did live in the trailer house <laughs> <laughs> it fits yes but kayla got the the cruise ship for christmas the barbie day. dream boat mm-hmm. and mom recently tried to give that back to me <laughs> however because it had been through so many moves military we lived in dozens of states as a child uh, it was in pieces and I was like mom I don't want this piece of plastic like what am I gonna what is my kid gonna say to me like no mom I don't want this like pink piece of plastic this there, is not a boat there's a bunch of things missing from it for sure because it's I mean, been years well, all the structural pieces like all the top parts like the mast and like I don't know uh are all gone so yeah. no uh <laughs> I did well, maybe she still has it, but I politely declined taking that with me. I'm shocked I don't have your camper. It must have broken it and moved because I have a lot of it was a broke. lot of Barbie toys. I remember it breaking when I like had it. So <laughs> I don't think I have any of our Barbie Jeeps, but I do have a little Kelly Jeep that was definitely mm. yours. That one was I- remote control. So I used to have, oh, used to be able to control I don't it. have a remote control for it. That's too bad. What other 90s toys do you have very fond memories of or wanted so bad? Um, I used to play a lot with Polly Pockets. Oh, I love Polly. And the original, the small one, the yes. choking hazard yes. ones. Yes, those ones. Beanie Babies. Oh, yes. I had lots of those. Oh, here's a weird one that we were super excited and really wanted. The stuffed animals that gave birth to babies. So there was a puppy and Casey, you had a bear. I had them. They had the pouch. pouch Yeah. And you stuffed a little. I had those too. I had a puppy one. Yeah. The puppy was the OG. And we have, I now still have this puppy and bear. And I'm like, I don't know that I actually, like, this is weird. They're not marsupials. If they were marsupials, I would totally support it. For the pouch, um, but the pouch is in the back. It's not where 
babies actually come from. So yeah, it's weird. spoiler alert. <laughs> if anyone didn't know, that's not where babies come from. <laughs> yeah, the tummy is not where babies come from. You can message or the back for the bear. You can message me on the side if you need to talk. <laughs> One thing that I had in the 90s that I was like super obsessed with was pogs. I was just talking Ooh. about my, my Green Ranger one because unfortunately the actor that played the Green <laughs> oh, Ranger yeah. Tommy just passed away. And I was oh. like, that was my treasure. I loved that pog. I didn't even know how to play pogs, but I me loved either. That but like I like collect them I don't really know I was gonna ask if any of you knew how to play I did not know but Mm. there were people who played pogs like that you would like it was something like I think you played and then you would you would like put kind of like you bet something you both put like a pog and then whoever wins wins that one or something like that and there were jammers yeah I don't remember what the jammers did but they were like medals yeah Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what you did with them I really just liked collecting pogs correct do you think that's yep. why we like things like we were taught to collect we just like to at a very early age? It's a I have gone completely, completely the opposite though. Like I don't have stuff. Like I don't I'm really nothing, proud of you. There's nothing on my walls. I throw everything <laughs> away. I have like no sentiment. I'm just like, this that's is junk. Cute. I don't want it. So uh, the Beanie Babies, through everyone who says Beanie Babies are not worthwhile to collect, the three-year-old currently is in love with my Beanie Baby collection. He will say, where are my bears? Where are my bears? I can't find my bears. Because I have a black bear and a brown bear, Cubby and Blackie. And then there's Sammy, which is the tie-dye one. I'm For Sammy Sosa. Correct. I explained this to Rustin. I was so excited to share. I am so excited to share this with him. And he'll be like, I need all my animals, mom. Where are all my animals? And I have like a whole basket full of beanie babies because obviously, and it, it's, they all have the tags. And I'm like, you can't share these with like other kids because we take care of our animals. I, I don't know what happens when he tears <laughs> the first tag off, Casey, but, but my have, animals have the tags on. None of mine did. Uh, I, still mine have, did I still have my spot dog. Um, oh, his dear. nose is really messed up. I think one of our dogs <laughs> got a hold of him. He definitely does not have a tag. He's very grungy. Uh, I tried to wash him. He's disgusting. But I, I still own him because I have. I used to sleep with him all the time. I took the I tags off the of all of mine too, and I had them like on a all the tags like on oh, yeah. a clip together. Yeah. But then all my beanie babies were like shoved in this bank it was like it was shaped like a bottle and they were all shoved in there totally remember you having that (laughs) yeah yeah cruel cruel just like sitting on each other like my yeah they're all just smushed in there (laughs) i mean mine have spent the last 20 years somewhere but i've just recovered them all and now they get to live happily with this uh almost three-year-old who's really truly cherishing them and they all have names and I know all their names and so it's really fun because they'll be like what's this one's name and if I can't remember they're all in the tags too and they have like a little story don't they or like a little poem or something yes I have not gotten that far but I think so like spot likes to blah 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 yeah did either of you have a princess diana bear Okay, hold on a moment. Is that I weird? Did have a, I did have a Princess Diana bear, but where the F is it? Because I don't think mom and dad gave it back. You they kept that one. You it for value? They kept that, that one. Was, oh, I have to bring this up. Where is my Princess Diana bear? The purple one with the rose. I totally yep. had that bear. Weird is that, that she was memorialized in, yeah, that's... in a beanie baby. I the mean, 90s. America... America's obsession, I mean, the 90s, it's like now, America's obsession, I mean, really the fact that royalty still exists, is really confusing to me, but like, we're still obsessed with it. Not me. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't get it. It's, and it, it like really hit that fever pitch in the, in the 90s, I think, yeah. more than anything. Other than that, uh, I think the Skip It was one we, I wanted, I coveted. Kristen mm. had it. Uh, yep. The Doodle had Bear, she had everything. Oh, I, I had the Hippity Hop. Yep, the hippity so, hop. They make little mini hippity hops, and we just got gifted one. And I was like, "Oh, jump on this! Jump on this! Let me show you how." And he's like, "I can figure it out. Thanks, mom." <laughs> um, I need a video of that. Yes, I will. It's in it's in the basement, and I was so excited when like they pulled it out of the bag, deflated. Um, it came from uh, one of our cousins in a bag of stuff, and I was like, oh, "A hippity hop!" 
and everyone's like, calm down. Is it considered like a Montessori toy now? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I feel like it is. (laughs) Absolutely. I was thrilled and he doesn't quite get it. They make him now much safer. They have little boring. Legs. Yeah. So they make <laughs> like, like no, we don't care. antennas. No. I just want to get down. hit in the head by a brick. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how else we relate to this movie. How we related as teens, kids, how we see ourselves in the characters. What lessons did we learn and bring with us into adulthood? Or what lessons did we take away from it having watched it as adults? <laughs> I can go first if you guys would like me to. Yeah, you start. One thing that I really noticed and I've always really related with Kevin because he was the youngest and I was the youngest in both our immediate family and then as the cousins and how he always felt like everyone was against him, especially because you two are the same age and mm-hmm. made me do things like be like, the pilgrim, be the, <laughs> be the pilgrim and dangle my sock over so our dog would bite it. And <laughs> Remember that. Yep. <laughs> things like that. But the thing that I really grabbed onto this time was the pigeon lady and how just like empathetic Kevin was to her because she was this houseless woman who she's she said she's been ignored. She doesn't know the last time anyone stalked her. People get scared of her. He was also scared of her. Yeah. Until he talked to her and they had like a conversation and it was really sweet and she talks about how uh, she like used to have a job and a husband and he left her and he left her like heartbroken. And I was like, that's so devastating. And Kevin, as a 10 year old, was able to kind of grasp this and kind of give her this like her, his ear to listen and like talk to her, like talk her through it in a way yeah, that he didn't. Her... Sorry, he gave her that advice about like if you don't ever use your heart, what's the point of having it? And I was like, that's a really in-depth thing for like a 10-year-old yeah, to say. But it doesn't sound unnatural coming from him. And I don't oh, think it's wise, true. But it's wise, but simple. Yeah, yes, right, it right, is. Yes. And he's still so optimistic about life. I just love that. And I, I love him as a character. And I think that like beyond the, um, the funny parts, which there are many, and beyond all of that, there is the story about this really sweet, caring kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing that I noticed is similar to that. It was in the toy store mm-hmm. when he's talking to the old man in the toy store, just so like innocent. And then, you know, at the end when he realizes when he's done with his conversation with him and he's realizing that he's going to give all this money to this kids in the hospital, he's like, here, I have this, you know, $20 I'm not supposed to spend, but get, you know, they need it more than I do. And then when he was like, well, you could have something he's like for free. Like he just, you know, out of the kindness of his heart, he was like, hey, they need this more than I do. And then even just like thinking about, you know, breaking the window so that mm-hmm. the guys couldn't steal all of that because you shouldn't mess with kids on Christmas. I know that was so sweet. And he even said he would pay, pay it back. For the, yeah. He wrote it like, if you don't have insurance, like I will yeah. pay for it. Because he broke the window to alert like the alarm that Harry the, and Marv were there to steal all the money. And yeah, I, I agree. That was so sweet of him to do that and to still be like, I could pay it back. Because that's such a kid thing yeah. to think about. Right. Like, do you have insurance? I hope so. <laughs> he is really sweet. So the pigeon, the pigeon lady stuck out to me this time. And I thought, I was like, this is still problematic in our society. I was like, she is this, this character, this caricature is still in New York, is still in Central Park, and is still not being paid attention to like mental health is still being so ignored. Because I, I said, I was like, she has, she needs mental health support, right? Like something bad happened to her and she spiraled down and she needs help. And I don't know that, I don't know that Kevin pulls her out of it. No, but, but it like, doesn't show she, her being pulled out of it, which I like. No, like, it doesn't show uh, that. But like, that's what she needs, right? Like, I never paid attention to her as a child, but as an adult, I agree. I, I looked at her character and I was like, they intentionally put her as this particular character in there. And amid all the like funny, comical, she's just this very helpful full very kind woman who society has ignored and takes care of all the pigeons that like because i mean like fuck pigeons like i don't like that she connects with that Uh, so watching that and thinking of you casey i was (laughs) thinking that you would be like fuck this lady 
Like, no, I, I loved her, but fuck the pigeons. So I feel the same way. I do not like birds. But the first thing that John said, because he is such an animal lover, when she threw the feed on them at the end, he said, and now all those birds are going to get sick because they're eating whatever was on <laughs> yeah they like have like goo. like gasoline on yeah them. they have paint and stuff he's like they're gonna get sick from eating all of that food that was stuck to them uh, john is so kind not to, <laughs> to humans, animals but to animals <laughs> but yeah i think that it does teach children in a very like superficial way like be kind to everyone because yeah. you don't know when people are going to help you back to you know we need yeah, so more actually, of that in movies. In the first one, he does something similar, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's afraid of that old man and yes. he has a similar run-in where he realizes, oh, you're not scary. He gives him advice about, you know, something. And then again, at the end, the man saves him. Yes. So it's yeah. like this, you know, be willing to give a helping hand because you don't know like when yeah. you're the one yeah. who's going to need it. And yeah, in the first one, because that guy was like kind of just lonely and his like family wasn't talking to him or something. Yeah, his son was mad and he was like, well, if it were me, I would I would want to talk. Reach out. Right. Like very simplistic, but also like sometimes you need to hear that kind of shit. Well, right. It's like I think it's kids have like this innocence about the way they like they just see the world the way it is. Right. So they say a lot of things out loud that maybe like other people don't or like they're just like, but that's just the way it is. They don't think they're true. Yeah, yeah, they don't overthink it and all this stuff. So he's just saying, like, what if it were me? This is what I would do. Yeah. And as adult characters mm-hmm. in the movie and as adults watching the movie, I do think that that's, like, really good to hear. Yeah. we yeah. get very jaded as adults and we're like, no. Sometimes you need just, like, the simple, yeah. the simple answer and to not overthink everything. Definitely. Be kind to others. Like, that's. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's just, like, it's that's not so that simple, but people cannot do it. That, that easy. That's what, the season. That's what Kevin has taught us, and to also throw bricks at people we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> this, so this is I really, really, um, for better or worse, see my son in Kevin, and <laughs> I'm concerned about that because I see both his incredible kindness and like he is. He's kind and understanding and shows empathy as an almost three-year-old, which I think is phenomenal. But also he threatens to cut open bellies because he's the huntsman and you could be a wolf. And you're like, mm, okay, yeah. Kevin, back back down a little. Yeah, Kevin the Callister on your hands. Yeah, I, I think I do. And like so smart, right? Yeah. It's yeah. very it's very concerning. <laughs> If the sticky bandits ever try to enter my house, I'm not worried. I was just like, don't worry about it. You you got it covered between him and your cat. Yeah. They will have broken necks down the stairs very quickly. (laughs) Although your child almost broke my neck. Oh yeah. You know, you're a you're a human toboggan down the stairs. Can't be blamed on that. Do you guys have anything else to say about Home Alone before we go? No, I probably just a movie I'm going to keep watching every year. Every year, yeah. <laughs> so as an adult, I have kind of found Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever watched it as a kid. We didn't. But I have become obsessed with it. That's like my adult version of... Home Alone. It will not replace Home Alone, but like I think Christmas Vacation is now um, very inappropriate for children. <laughs> but like, it is the, in my opinion, the adult version of Home I'm, Alone. I've watched it a lot. Yeah. yeah, Grandpa really likes it, so we watch it a lot. Ryan and I are definitely you- the the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Did you watch it as a kid, Kristen? Um. Probably. I mean, I watched a lot of inappropriate movies as a child. If <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, so did we, but not Christmas movies. No, no. I don't know why. I mean, we I didn't watch the National Lampoon. When I was a li- young, so that's inappropriate. Well, so we watched that. Yeah. We, we grew up on, at your house. Yeah, we grew yeah. up on The Simpsons. But we didn't watch National Lampoon. But no. that's, uh, I feel like my take home is like these movies that you watch as kids they stay with you your whole life and you can still find the same like spark of joy in new things you find, but it's really hard. 
Uh, yeah. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people really like the Grinch or really like Elf and those never, those have never done it for me the way that Home Alone 2 and then my only adult find is Christmas Vacation, which is from like it's even an older before movie. the era. It's before the era and it has that same like gritty feel to it. I'm very nostalgic. I like yes. yeah. I like to watch like the same thing over and over again. I don't like to have to find something new. Oh, my question, Kristen, was did this start your foray into Christmas movies as a hobby? Oh, <laughs> I would say like maybe so like I really like this movie and then I also really like romance novels so I feel like it kind of like puts the two it's like a Christmas romance novel um but in the same way like where I like nostalgia it's kind of the same because every Hallmark movie is the same right so I already know it's what's gonna happen trash. and I don't have to worry about anything new that's yeah absolutely um it's funny because we, I don't, I don't, I'm not really a big Christmas person. And every time Ryan tries to be like, oh, do you want to watch this, this movie? I'm like, nah. And then I'll be like, nah, I'm not really into Christmas. And he'll be like, are we in a Hallmark movie right now? We're in a Hallmark <laughs> movie right now. So it's weird. I'm not super into Christmas either, but I just really like trashy Hallmark movies. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> they're your home, yeah, right? Is, like you said, comfort. they're comfort. Yeah. I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. It's not traumatizing to me it's just like it this silly so story good. that in yeah. two minutes I can be like this is what's gonna happen and I just have to wait for it to happen <laughs> yeah it feels so good I don't like ending. I like control and like knowing what's gonna happen <laughs> and so I know already know yeah and that's why nostalgia is such a big thing that's why I rewatch like the same shows and the same mm-hmm. movies because I like know it's something about my anxiety so it's a little bit about my mental health disorders but <laughs> 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 That's Definitely. good. It's self-soothing and self-care yeah. is it what is. it is, right? Self-care. Yeah. Self-care uh, is very so important. Everyone go have some self-care and watch some Home Alone because you will enjoy it, especially if you enjoyed it as a child. Home Alone 2. Home Alone. Watch well, both. Watch double both. feature. Watch, double yeah. feature. Yeah. It may take you three or four nights like Kristen and I, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> it took me all day to watch this movie. I watched it like all day. <laughs> At one point I was like, there's 45 minutes left. I've been watching this for 10 hours. (laughs) Thank you two so much for coming on my podcast and talking with me about this childhood favorite. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Merry everything, Christmas and holidays. It is going to be, I think this is coming out the week of Christmas. So yeah, this is my Christmas episode. I wish we were together. (laughs) I know. I wish we were together too. Um, soon I will be in Alabama which is fine Mm. (laughs) bye bye bye